Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Give that to the Lord today. Just give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brother McGee. What, what some fun. I was, must have been the thing to do because I was reminiscing. And if it hadn't been for Brother McGee Jr., I would have never met Brother McGee Sr., Senor. I would have never met this guy back here. And uh, what's funny is all these people have preached for me. Every one of them have been to Portsmouth and preached in my pulpit for my church. And I want to say I appreciate this church uh, allowing them to get out and do that. They have all, and I I am in awe to stand here. Um, Both of these fellows, Brother Jerry and Brother McGee, and I'm sorry if I I refer to people by first name basis. You just have to look over me, okay? But, But, man, I told him last night, let me just tell you what we're not going to do today. We're not going to talk about Revelations. We're not going to talk about Daniel, and I'm probably not going to go to Ezekiel today or tonight. You just had a you just had a Revelations conference last week, brother Moses, and I ain't going there because as smart as brother Moses is, I'm that ignorant. All I know is there's a scorpion, got a lot of tails, and I'm staying away from that cat. In any animal that has multiple animal parts mixed together, I don't want anything to do with it. I, I was telling brother brother. Uh, Mason last night he took me to supper when I got in and I was telling him that years ago my dad I grew up in Richmond Indiana so I am a Hoosier and uh, I grew up in Richmond and uh, if you know anything about Richmond and you know anything about end time you know uh, brother Irvin Baxter had pastored there my dad got saved under his father my dad got the Holy Ghost under revival with brother Verbal Bean just show you some history there and uh, so my dad and brother Baxter were best men each other so I've known the Baxter family and and I remember years ago, I actually, when I was evangelized, got an invitation to go preach for Brother Irvin Baxter. And uh, I had family in that church. I mean, they, I, I just considered that a great honor that he would even consider me. And uh, let me tell you, I didn't talk about revelations that night either. <laughs> I preached revival for Brother Walls. I didn't talk about revival. No revelation. No revelation. I have a revelation, but I didn't talk about no revelations. If you have your Bibles today, thank you, Brother McGee. Thank you. First Apostolic Church for allowing me to come. Thank you for the room, the gift basket. I am going to say that she stepped out. You know, we, lo- we love, myself, my family, we love your pastor's wife. She's a special case. But we love her. And she put this wonderful gift basket. And I must, I, she prophesied evidently. And I come in first thing this morning, I said, Sister McGee, I said, there's there a reason that you put two bottles of smart water. Yeah, you, you understand. So I got it out this morning, drank some of it, and she asked me if I was feeling the effects. I said, no, but I hope it kicks in. If you have your Bibles today, it's Nehemiah chapter number one. Amen, looking, looking around. You, do you realize today, do you realize if I was at home, we would be going to eat right now? I just want you to know that uh, next week, Next week, you're going to spring forward, and we're going to change, and we're still not going to be together. 
And I will say, let me just follow Brother James's announcement this morning. If you get a chance to go to Shiloh to be in that, in that missions conference, you, oh, I'm, folks, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal to rub shoulders with people that are mission-minded. Oh, tonight we're going to talk about missions again. If you can't make it, the next weekend, the 17th and 18th, we're having the Ohio District Missions Conference in Portsmouth, Ohio. Just a short drive from here. <laughs> About five hours. You've never been there. We would like to say you're welcome. We've got something Indiana doesn't have this year. I've got Israel Garza pre cooking Mexican after church. Oh, you think about that. And say, so we're, we're going to do some throwdown on some grub. Nehemiah chapter 1, I do appreciate Brother and Sister McGee, Brother and Sister McGee Sr., and Brother Jerry and Sister um, Roberta and, uh, yeah, my, Mason. Sister Coffey says, I'm getting dementia. I told her I just have too much going through the computer at once, and I don't have enough hard drive to make it all work. So I try to reboot it every night. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to read this. Now, here, we gotta make a, we're going to make a deal. We're going to make a deal for a start. I'm going to read these names. And I didn't do a lot. I didn't do a lot. Of, I didn't spend hours researching these names. So I'm going to pronounce them. If you laugh, then I'm going to have you come up here and read them. And then I'm going to laugh at you. That way we're laughing together and not solo, okay? The words of Nehemiah, the son of Huckaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the twelfth year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of, the, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. They said unto me, The remnant are left of the captivity there in the providence that are great in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. Verse 4. It came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. If you look to chapter 2, just in my Bible, it's just across the page, verse 1. It came to, it came to pass in the month of Nishan that in the twelfth year of Artaxerxes the king that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. And you may be seated if you'll say amen. amen. I take it I have the youth class. So glad the young people are here today. I, when our church, when we dismiss Sunday school and all the people leave, it's such a depressing thing. I don't know about it here, but they, all the young people leave and... You know who I'm left with. And, and I'm in their ranks now, too, so I understand. It's funny when you turn 50. After you turn 50, commercials and advertisements, all them people 50 and older, aren't near as funny. I get hearing aid offers. AARP keeps wanting me to join. Beltone loves my house. Anybody here like coffee? If you had not had enough, or you're about to have another dose right now, okay? Here we go. Now, I want to talk to you this morning. I want to talk to you this morning. My title, has he got that up here? No, he, brother, they're, they're really loving my title. Tonight, today, I want to talk to you about worshiping at the dung gate. And a hush comes across the crowd. Worshiping at the dung gate. Let's talk about Nehemiah for a little bit here this morning. Nehemiah 
And in cap, Israel has been in captivity. It's toward the end of their captivity. And Nehemiah is, is serving as, as the king's, king's cupbearer. And as he's serving outside of Jerusalem, outside the country there, he gets word, as we've read this morning, he gets word that the wall of, of Jerusalem is, is, is not, it's, it's bad. It's in shambles. It's in need of repair. It's, it's got breaches. And, and if you know anything, if you, maybe some of you have been there. I know some of you have. I've been to Israel, actually. And when you go to that old city of Jerusalem, there are many gates. And uh, I, I wish I'd paid more attention when I was there, too. The only gate I was really worried about was the eastern gate. I'll be honest. I want to know where the eastern gate was. I, because that, that, that one has a significant place in my future, does it? You? One of these days we're going, Jesus is coming through that eastern gate. And he's coming. Well, oh, I can't wait to, you know, meet me by that eastern gate and all that sort of stuff. And, and so, but they, they had all, they've got all these gates in this wall. And, and Nehemiah finds out about that it's in disrepair. And the Bible says in Nehemiah, in verse 4 of chapter 1, the Bible says that when Nehemiah heard these words, now I'm going to preach this morning like I would at home. And I want to tell you this, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was concerned. The Bible said that he become he become very very sad. His his countenance was sad. He sat down and wept. He he mourned certain days. You know, sometimes we see something that upsets us, and that's it. The Bible didn't say that Nehemiah thought, oh, that's a shame, and just went on about his life. No, Nehemiah stopped. He paused, and he said this is a bad thing. Not only did he pause, but Nehemiah was concerned enough that he prayed about it. Oh, how many times do we grab another saint and say, Oh, did you hear about Sister Sally? Oh, Sister Sally's gone through something bad. But neither of you do even take the time to pray. We're, we're sad for a little while, and the sadness just kind of carries us through. But we're not concerned enough to go do something about it, to talk to God. The Bible says, No, I didn't. He prayed. Oh, I know you ain't going to like this one. He fasted. Oh, tell me a person that likes to fast. Oh, you wake up. Oh, I think I'll fast today. Woohoo! Never. Never. My body goes in convulsions when I say the word. I mean, I'm getting hunger pains talking about it right here. Isn't it amazing when you fast? That's when they bring donuts to work. That cheap tightwad co-worker never buys nothing for nobody until the day you fast. And he says, I was down at the super quick, or I was down at the speedway, or I was down to Casey's carryout, and I just saw them donuts and thought I'd be generous. No, he never does that on days when I can eat the donuts. Nehemiah, Nehemiah saw what was going on, and Nehemiah was moved. He was moved enough, and not only was he moved enough, he goes and brings the king's wine to him, and the king says, he said, why is your cat? He said, you're, 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 there's something wrong with you. You're not sick. He said, this, this, is, this is a heaviness of heart. This is sorrow. There's something going on. And Nehemiah begins to spill the beans. He begins to tell the king, hey, king, here's what's going on. He said, there's some problems at home. There, there's some problems in my homeland, and he said, man, we've been taken over for all these years. We've been in captivity, and, and we're finally getting our city back. Things are starting to, to break loose for us. He said, but man, that wall, that wall, it, just, it needs some work. And he said, the gates are all broken down. And he said, we, we, really, need to, we really need to go. I, somebody needs to go. Somebody needs to do something. He said, there's, there's just some bad things happening at home. And the Bible said that the king was so moved by Nehemiah's presentation that he even, he even, he even obligated himself to help sponsor 
He said, I'll, I'll send you some men and I'll send you some money and I'll send you some supplies. And he said, Nehemiah, why don't, why don't you go back to Jerusalem? Why don't you go check it out? Why, why, don't, why don't you do? He said, I'm going to help you do something with it. I'll help you. So the Bible says that Nehemiah goes back. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 15 says that in 52 days, in 52 days, Nehemiah had that wall up and going and looking better and repaired and rebuilding it. But not only did Nehemiah go back to rebuild the wall, but the scripture says he had to redo the gates, the doors. Now, in Nehemiah 3 and 3, it talks about a fish gate. Now, I, I, I didn't go deep into all this, but it's called the fish gate. So evidently, it must be near some water. And the fish come in through the gate, not walking, but people carrying them. You know, things like that. Then they, in Nehemiah 3, 6, there's an old gate. That, that gate's been there a long time. You know, it's old. In Nehemiah 3, 15, there's a fountain gate. I read this morning, I think the commentary said that outside that that, that fountain gate was the pool of Siloam. You can get some water through the, through the water gate. Then there's the horse gate. And then there's the east gate. And then there's another gate, Mithcad. And I, it, it's just a word that I can't hardly pronounce. And there, there's that gate. But I, but I skipped one on purpose. In MI314, there is the dung gate. The dung gate. Now, if you know anything about that word, you, you know what goes through that gate. That's where the trash goes out. That's where the refuge goes out, you know. Matter of fact, one commentary this morning as I was looking, it, it said that outside the dung gate, that it was, it, for years there was, a, there was a heap of trash where people would take their trash. It was, it was the door to the dump. And, and, and I don't know about you. I do not know about you, but I have a great respect for my trash man. Could you imagine what our lives would be like Without a trash man. I don't know if there's any trash men. Anybody works in that industry in, in here today. I've got a guy that comes to my church. He doesn't gather trash, but he repairs the dumpsters that the trash goes in. I'm so thankful that every Tuesday, I magically roll my trash can in front of my house. These guys, women, come up the street in this truck. They dump all my refuge in that truck, and it just magically goes away. I roll the can back in. We start the process all over again. I've put stuff inside my trash container. You're not really supposed I've put paint cans in there. I've put grass. I've put lint. I've put malt. I've even got so bad as put some dirt in there. I always cover it up with some good trash. You need some good camouflage, you know, that way they don't know what. And, man, there's been times I've rolled that can to the sidewalk, Brother McGee, and I'm telling you, it was so heavy. I, could, I don't know how their little hook, it should have busted outside that plastic can. One day I'm going to come home, and it's just going to be Leonard Smithereens and, and eggs thrown at my house, and they're going to say, oh, I love my trash people. I love my trash people. They take all the refuge away. They take all the, the trash away. But this dung gate. Now, now, the interesting thing, the reason I come with this title this morning, and Brother, Brother Alex has thoroughly enjoyed this title. I just want you to know, he is, he, he is, just what time I've been in this building today, he has just got this sheepish looking grin on his face, and he, he, he wanting to know what kind of illustration. Did, well, you know why he did that? Because he knew we was all going to blame him. That, that's not what he had in his mind. Just, just want y'all know. 
the Dungate. He's back there smiling right now. You know, you know him. You know how he is. You know how his brain operates or doesn't operate. You know how that goes. But here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's what we're talking about, the Dungate. What, a, what, a, what an odd title, Brother Coffee. Brother Coffee's trying to act like Brother Osborne. No, not really. I could never do that. But when they got all of the wall repaired and they got all the gates repaired, they get together and Nehemiah says, we're going to have a, a dedication service. We're going to rededicate this wall. We're going to rededicate these, these gates. We're going, to, we're going to have it. So the Bible said, you can read it. I'm going to read it all today, but chapter 12. And it all gets done. He, he brings everybody. He said, we're going to break up. We're going to divide up into two groups. And one group is going to go around the wall one way, and one group is going to go around the wall the other way. And, you know, it's kind of like when you, when you put new carpet, new pews, paint the church, whatever your excuse is, we're going to have a rededication search. It's a reason to celebrate. Let's, let's do. He said, but we're going to start. We're going to start this rededication, Elder McGee. He said, we're going to start it. He said, but we're going to start it at the dung gate. What? That's exactly what I said. Why would, you know, Mariah, we're going to have a birthday party. And we're going to have a little parade. And we're going to start at the dump. We're going to start at the dung gate. Why in the world would you start? I, I, I don't know the reason. I'm not here to present a reason. But he said we're going to start here. And, and then we're going to go to the, around to the fish gate and the old gate and the, the fountain gate and the water gate and the horse gate and the east gate. He said, but before we get... Now, I don't know about you, but it, it, I think it would have been so honorable of them if they could have started a celebration at the old gate. Honor, honor our elders. Let's start at the old gate. Or maybe they could have started the fish gate, you know. Captain D's. They could have served Captain D's or Long John Silver's or, or something. They could have started the fountain gate where the water's at. It's a beautiful fountain. The pool salon's there. Let's start there. Let's start the water gate. Let's start the horse gate. The east gate. Any place, but let's not start at the dung gate. Matter of fact, when we get by the dung gate, we'll just give it one of them simple God bless you's and we'll move on. I don't know about you, but I'm just supposing that it stunk at that gate. You know, there's trash heaped outside and there's garbage out there and you know, Sally the cat died last week, and she's out there. There's gerbils and hamsters and fish carcasses. I don't know if you know anything about garbage. The other day, I had to leave my garbage can lid open because, my God, it stunk. And I thought, man, i got to air this thing out. I walked in my driveway, and I thought, wow. It's a wonder Sister Coffee didn't say anything, but she must have just thought it was me and went on. Can you imagine? Let's start a celebration. We're going to invite all these people. We're going to pray and seek God. And we're going to start at the, at the dung gate. A, a place you wouldn't think so. We're refuge and trash and garbage and things that are to be thrown away. Things that we're through with. Things that we're finished with. We're, we're, just, going to, we're just going to throw it out there and we're going to leave it there. But we're going to start this celebration and, and we're going to start at the dung gate. And, and I understand we've got some guests this morning. We're so glad. I'm a visiting pastor, but I, I'm telling you, any pastor is glad to have people in the house of the Lord, especially new people. Thank you. Amen. You, you need to come back and hear this guy. This guy's one of my favorite preachers. Paul McGee can preach like nobody's business. When I grew up, I'm preach just like him. But you know, they got this dung gate, and I got to thinking, I don't, Brother Elmer McGee, it just got to, it got to I thought, God, why? why? And, and, and I, I got to thinking about that. And I got to thinking that if you can't worship at the dung gate, 
you probably can't worship at the water gate. If you can't worship at the dung gate, you probably can't worship at the fountain gate. If, if, you, if you can't worship at the dung gate, you probably can't worship at the eastern gate. Because sometimes, sometimes in life, and, and may I just say this in, in the nicest way that I know, sometimes our life is like the dung gate. It's stinky, it's smelly, it's messed up, it, 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 it should be thrown away and never forgotten. But if you can somehow stand up today in the middle of that dung gate and say, I'm going to start right here. Yeah, I'm going to get to the fountain gate. and Yeah, I'm going to get to the water gate. and I'm going to get to the eastern gate. But you know where I'm going to start my journey for Christ? I'm going to start it right here. Right in the heat. Right in my mess. Right in my, in my refuge. I've made a wreck of my life. But I think I'll start right here. If you can't worship God on the smelliest day, you'll never make it on the prettiest day. Because, friend, you've got to be able to worship the Lord every day. In all things, give praise and honor to God. Come on, let's magnify him. God is so good. God is so good. At the dung gate. At that place. Anybody ever said or heard this said? You, I'm sorry, you may be seated. You ever heard that said that when I get my life together. Brother McGee, when I, when I get some things taken care of, I'm coming to church. They're not coming. They'll never be here. Well, Brother Coffee, I'm not being negative. I'm being truthful because they're never going to get it together on their own. Because if you can get your life together, you don't need God. If you can figure your situation out, you don't need the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've got things in my life that there can't no psychiatrist, no therapist, there can't no doctor, there can't no lawyer, there can't nobody take care of. I need to go to Jesus because only Jesus can satisfy. Only Jesus can touch. I've got things going on in my life that I need God. I need God to help me with. I need the Lord to direct my path. Oh, Pastor, I can't, I can't come to church right now because I'm living, I'm living by the dung gate. You know, my man, Pastor, if you knew what was going on, Pastor, what you don't know is we, we don't know your particular situation, but we can take some pretty good guesses. You know why we know it's going on in your life? Because we, we live too. When you look around this church, you see some of these pretty folks sitting around their pretty little suits and pretty little ties and pretty little socks and messed up hair. All three of you, not one. Don't shake him, son. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You're all three in the same boat without an oar. Don't, don't. I will bring you a brush tonight if you need one. I look, I know there's a lot of men in this church with no hair. I have hair. I can help you. I went to Walmart this morning. I forgot my hair gel. Okay. You guys all right? You going to make it? Did you, did you realize you're part of the problem and not the solution? Okay. I, I, don't, don't leave me now. Isn't it just like us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not me. It's somebody else. The reason we know that your life's messed up is because we've been there. We, we, we've dealt with these people, as, as I said, sitting around pre-suits, pre-ties. You should have seen them. 
You, you ought to see some of the messes. Oh, God, the messes we've got ourselves into. Brother McGee, Pastor McGee, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I've been raised in church my whole life. I don't. I've never. I've never really went out of the church and backslid. You see, I, I, I did it differently. I backslid inside the church. I, I did it in church. I did it with my suit and with my tie. I, I don't know how to. I, I know how to pretend. You see, sometimes the smelly stuff ain't outside. There's some smelly stuff in here too. Because we know, we know what people go through. We know how they mess their lives up. Oh, God. But, but at the dung gate, man, it's messed up and it's, it's all, it's all, Brother Coffee, Brother McGee, it's just, there's no, but friend, if you can learn to worship in the midst of, of your worst day, you will never have problems worshiping the Lord ever because if you can do it there, you can do it. The Bible, the old saying, it's not the Bible, the old saying says, bloom where you're planted. I don't, I don't know, it's been years since I've been to a dump. But if you ever go to the dump, they, they dump all the trash. And, and, and most evenings, they've got these huge bulldozers and before they can go home that trash has to be covered you know why the trash has to be covered the smell so that the neighbors and the people in the city will, will not complain about the smell Cincinnati you're around Cincinnati Cincinnati has a huge rumpke dump out there used to go up and down 27 going to Richmond to Cincinnati years and years and years and man it, I mean it, it's just a, it's a mountain of trash and bulldozers working there's birds and you know what they do they bring good soil in they put that good soil you, it kind of reminds you of Jesus and he takes his blood and, and all your garbage you come to him and you repent and you get baptized you get the Holy Ghost and he, he brings that spiritual bulldozer and he just begins to cover up all your you, you don't smell no more and you don't look bad no more and they Things begin, all things are, oh, all things are passed away. All things become new. Oh, oh, Jesus has a way of taking care of, of the dung gate. He has a way of taking care of the refuge. Well, but, but the problem is you've got to start your, your start with God while it's still smelly. While it's still nasty. You see, let me talk about worship for just a moment. Worship isn't dependent on circumstances. Okay? And I, and I know I know you've got great preachers, church, so I'm not here to correct or to say something they haven't said. But there's a difference between worship and praise. Praise. Let's praise. Praise is when you give God thanksgiving. You, 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 Lord, thank you for keeping me from that wreck. And God, thank you for keeping me healthy. And thank you for giving me a job. And thank you for my raise. And some of you boys and girls, thank you for letting me pass that test. And thank you for getting me through the day. Thank you for touching my grandbaby when she's sick. Thank you. Thank you. But, but worship has nothing to do with blessing. It has nothing to do with anything that God is giving you. Matter of fact, God doesn't have to give you anything to get your worship. Because worship is about who he is. 
And when you realize that he's God, he doesn't have to bless me. He doesn't have to heal me. He doesn't have to do anything for me. I'm just going to stand and lift my hands. I'm going to lift my worship because I understand that he's the supreme being, that he is God, and I was created to worship him. I'm going to stand in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my... If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, if you'll begin to worship him in spirit and truth, I promise you, he doesn't care what you're standing in. He doesn't care what you're living in. He just cares that somebody is giving me the homage that I'm worthy of. Well, praise the Lord. Am I, am I, am I, am I doing okay? Am I all right? You, you be, seated, be seated for a moment. Talk about this dung gate. Man, come to church. I really, you know what? I really, I like these. You young people, I like that you can, I, that, was, that was cool. Remind me of a youth conference. Up here worshiping, and I stand over here with the old folks. I'm glad you young people are over here. I did notice a couple of older folks trying to drift in over here. A couple of folks in denial. Which side of the church you ought to be on. That's all right. I like that. And, 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 and Elder McGee, Brother McGee was telling me, them little kids up there, I got a, I got a granddaughter. She'll be four in September, Chloe. I got a second granddaughter coming the end of April. God help us. <laughs> Chloe, Chloe likes to worship. Matter of fact, Chloe gets a little too much. Sometimes we have to pull her in. She's on the front row all back with me, and they were singing some song, and she was jumping and dancing. I thought, that's all right. Well, she kept getting closer to the altar, and closer to the front, and closer to the front. And I'd pull her back. But it, wasn't it, isn't it great that our little kids... They don't understand. They know they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're just mocking and mimicking what we're doing. But can I can I just can I just tell you, I'd rather them be doing that. See them they're sacking like they're smoking. I'd rather them be doing that and sitting back there acting like giving Norcan to each other. There's a lot of things they could be doing that we wouldn't be happy with, but these kids are trying to worship. No, they don't know who they're worshiping. They don't know why they're worshiping. But one day when that revelation comes, uh, when they go to Sunday school class, they're going to understand, yeah, we may be at the dung gate, uh, but we're going to start here. We're going to start worship. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm lifting my hands. Uh, I don't know why I'm jumping up and down. Uh, I don't know why I'm singing. Uh, I don't know why I'm crying. Uh, I don't know why I feel this way. I know why you feel that way, because there's a God of eternity that has walked into this house house and he said if you worship me if you worship me well glory it's a sermon for another day but let me give you all just a little, little hint God's attracted to worship God's attracted to praise God, God is attracted. So if you want God, if you can't feel God, if God's not moving in your life, start doing things that attracts Him. Several years ago, I was at Shiloh with Brother and Sister Elkins. Now, and Sister Elkins is a, just a unique lady. I love Sister Elkins, but she's, she's, she's different. Good different. She's smart different. See, I'm not smart, so I'm not that different. I'm common sense different. She's smart different. I was walking in, they, they, they got a bunch of flower beds around their church, and they divided them up. This lady had this section, this lady had this section. Number one, none of them matched. That really bothered me. 
you know, this lady had this kind of flower. But if, it's, if they're happy with it, I'm thrilled with it. And I, I, I said, well, whose flower bed is this? Sister Elkins says, that's my flower bed. And I call Brother and Sister Elkins mom and dad. They're my other mom and dad. I've, they, they've just kind of taken me and Sister Coffee years ago under the wing. And I'm, I'm admiring all these flowers. Right in the middle of this flower bed is a milkweed. I mean, it's got that big pot up there getting to open up and bloom. You know what happens to milkweed blooms, don't you? All them seeds. You don't get one milkweed. You're getting ready to get a whole bunch of milkweeds. And I, I Sister Elkins, I said, why? Why do you allow that weed to grow in those flowers? Well, Brother Coffee. She said, don't you know that milkweeds attract butterflies? And butterflies pollinate the flowers. And I said, Sister Elkins, don't you know it's a weed? We both understood, but she would rather have a weed and attract butterflies. What, what did he say one time? He was going to let the wheat and the tear grow together until the harvest. Woo. Hey, can I tell you why God tolerates some of us around the church for a while and we're doing bad? It's because he's hoping that something's going to change. He's hoping that something that happens in your life's going to attract something different than what you're doing right now. Hey, I may look like a milkweed, but if I can get God's attention, if God can cut. Well, glory. I, I'm... I'm I... Okay, here's something, here's something. I got this from somebody else, so you can write this down. This is smart. This ain't smart water. This is just smart. Somebody said that we need to quit looking at Jesus through our problem and start looking at our problem through Jesus. Let me say that again. You got to get this. Instead of looking through your problem to Jesus, you need to switch that. And start looking at, G, at your problem through Jesus. Because when you begin to look at your problem through Jesus, the problem is not going to look near as bad in perspective when you look at it differently. So, so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to come to church and, and my dog ran away. My cat's mad at me. My wife doesn't like me. My boss is threatening to fire me. The battery was dead. I had a flat tire. I mean, you can name whatever you want to name. Every street I tried to get home on, there was a tree down or a pothole or it was on, under construction. I, I, Brother Coffee, it was horrible. It's the worst day of my life. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to walk in there, and I'm going to throw my hands up, and I'm going to worship the Lord. What do you mean? Because I understand that none of those things I just mentioned have any effect on who he is. I may not, I may not testify about those things. I may not praise him for those things, but I'm going to worship him for who he is. I'm going to magnify him for who he is because God don't care what you're going through if you worship him. And then you know what's going to happen? It's going to attract him, and then he's going to begin to move. In all the, I'm telling you, friend, you need to start dedicating your life. And don't start at the fountain gate, the east gate, the fish gate. You need to start right here at the dome gate. 
Well, somebody say praise the Lord. Worship, praise, praise is when you thank him. You, you, you say, Lord, thank you for that healing. Thank you for my job. And thank I was preaching in Louisiana years ago, and we were in revival. One night during revival, I don't even remember what church I was at. One night during revival, this guy, Brother McGee, I don't know how much you, pastor, you, you, you evangelized in Louisiana, but this church had a lot of guitars. Y'all remember that years ago, churches? You know, we might have one drummer, one piano player, but we had 15 guitar players. Your guitar player, no offense. I mean, they just line up everywhere. All these guitar players. There's one in church. Had all these guitar players. There's one guy played the guitar. He'd come to church about second, third night of revival. They had testimony service every night. I know I'm old. Prayer request was you lift your hands and everybody just spoke it out. And we, took, we took 15 minutes to get prayer requests to pray two seconds so we can move on with the service. This old guy, anybody got a testimony? He stands up. He said, I just want to give God some praise. I lost my job today. I don't know about anybody else, but I looked at this guy and I thought, you stupid? You crazy? I thought, how in the world can you? Who's, who's thankful for losing their job? I don't know. Who's thankful for that? Anybody know? It was it, the, the, the pie was in my eye because about two or three services later in that revival, Brother McGee, that guy said, I got a testimony. I thought, what now? Your wife left you? <laughs> no. He said, I want to thank the Lord. I sent the house today and some guy come knock on the door and said, you need a job? Now, I'm just going to preach to you common sense here. That never happens to me. If I lost my job and I was sitting home waiting on a job, I'd still be sitting there. Matter of fact, I'd come got one of y'all's food boxes this week because I wouldn't have nothing to eat. Because I ain't never had nobody call me. I've always had to go seek them down, beg, plead, and borrow. Would you please? My wife's hungry. My baby's hungry. Would you please? Would you please give us some money? I'd be standing on the side of the road with that sign. Fell on bad luck. Anything will do. God bless you. Sorry. We have an overabundance of those in Portsmouth. How do you, how do you, you know, and I thought, God, this cat, this, this cat's thanking you for losing his job. Then he come, but, but I thought, you know, he, he, he may be onto something. You know, sometimes I, we, we're waiting for that miraculous thing to happen, but I, I'm going to worship him. I'm going, it, it's, it's not difficult to praise because everything's going your way. It's not hard to praise because you got what you wanted. Things are moving your way, but, but worship, worship is hard sometimes because you don't have good health and you don't have a good situation. You, you see, you, you got to start now in Job chapter one. Job, Job is an interesting guy also. In Job one and 21, Job says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now Job's lost all his kids, all his camels, all his cattle, barns. I mean, you read the read it. He lost everything except his wife. She's, she's going to tell him to curse God and die. She's going to try to help him get out of his misery. Here's a guy that's lost everything. And, and, and he says, the Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. If we don't know how to worship God in bad times, 
Our worship's probably not worth much in good times. I, I'm just telling you, folks. You know, if, if, if the stars have to line up and the planets and the moon and, and everything has to just celestially fall into place and, and, you know, on that particular morning, everything went well. I, I, husbands and wives that ride to church together. Yeah. Sometimes, I don't care if you live two minutes from the church. But isn't it funny how when you and the kids get in the car that the devil gets in the car too? Two minutes. Me and my wife evangelized. We were parked next to the church. And sometimes we couldn't get in the church in agreement. Y'all with me? Y'all living in the same world I live in? Walk into church. We come in here and I hope Brother Mason sings, I shall not be moved. Because that's what I am, a tree planted by the water. <laughs> Hello? Got quiet again. Every time you hear the Holy Hush, that means you're getting close to something. Well, you know, why, why do they gotta, why'd they have to sing those songs? Why they, my daughter's our praise team leader. People all the time, well, they, they, they sing the same songs all the time. Why, why can't they sing something else? They, they sing, they look too happy. They sing, they look too sad. Sing too many fast songs. Sing too many slow songs. Won't you come try out for the praise team? I'm not at home. Isn't it amazing the people that are always the most critical? I was just talking to her clean lady the other day, and I said, I had a complaint. She said, what? I said, you're putting the toilet paper on the rolls wrong. <laughs> yeah, folks, that's the kind of stuff I deal with. <laughs> you know, the toilet paper should come off the top, and I don't know, I don't know about all the noise. Land of Lincoln, I don't know. She said, well, Brother Coffee, the reason I did that is because I got tired of all that toilet paper just being all the way to the floor. Mama McGee's understanding. She's with me. I said, well, 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 well sis, let, let's, let's, in keeping peace and harmony in our blessed church, I said, maybe you could put the top roll over the top. and we've, It's got an extra roll down there, you know. I said, maybe the second roll could go wrapped up under the bottom. You know, you, I, had, I had some people one time. Let me just talk about church problems a minute. <laughs> I had some people one time, sis. They got in a fight over the front row before church. This sister always sit on the front row and some other sisters, now I've got three sections. So I got a middle section. The middle section is what they're fighting over. For church. I mean, we ain't started church yet. We ain't said hallelujah, amen, let's pray. And this one lady says she wants to sit in the middle section on the front row. So she comes in and plants herself down there and her stuff and kids. And the other lady comes in, she walks up, she says, You know, this is where I sit. Do you understand? I've got three front rows. Left, right, and middle. 
No, we ain't gonna, we're going to fight because everybody wants the middle. It's because they think Jesus is in the middle and I don't want to be a thief. So this thing escalates. They, they get into it. Well, they go to the hallway. And somebody said, Brother Coffee, they're out there arguing. I've got to preach after this mess. So I got in the hallway and they're, they're, both, they're both about to leave. They're leaving. They're going home. I said, what's going on, guys? Well, you know, she sat in my seat. The one lady stomped out. She left. And I'm looking at the other guy and his family. Pardon me. I'm going to say something offensive to some of y'all. But I said, if you go home over this, you're stupid. It's exactly what I said. And he's stupid because he went home. <laughs> Thankfully, they all come back. Can you imagine? People, we don't come to church to argue. Who cares? Who cares what seat you sit in? Let me, let, well, I'm here anyway. Let me just go one step farther with you. If a visitor comes in here and they sit in your seat, they should never know that's your seat. They should never know they sat where you sit. You just get your little stuff and go sit somewhere else. Why? Because I've come to worship him. I've got enough mess. I've got enough situation. I didn't come to argue over this seat. I didn't. Am I all right? Am I... How I got over here, I don't know. I chased a rabbit. Do y'all see that rabbit go by? I chased him, Elder. I chased him. I'm going to wrap this thing up. I see. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> brother, brother, brother Joel Urshan made a statement a while back. And he said, when you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. When you reverence God, when you get God in the proper perspective, you don't have to fear nothing else because you know you, you reverence God. God's got my back. God's got me taken care of. Did you know in the scriptures, in the scriptures in Mark chapter 5, the Bible says that when Jesus comes to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes, that when the ship was coming, immediately there a man, a man met him out of the tombs. Listen to this. This man's got demons. He's, he's got an unclean spirit. Matter of fact, the Bible later said, he says his name is Legion, which means many. When, when Jesus comes to the shore on the boat that day, this man that's got demons runs to Jesus and worships him. Now, now in verse 7, the Bible says, and here's what he says, and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee? This man's got demons. He's got devils in him. And even a man full of the devil, the devil still can't stop him from worshiping Jesus. Don't tell me you went through too much this week. Don't tell me how bad you've got it. This cat's naked, running through the tombs, got a legion of demons in him, and he still realizes who Jesus is, and he runs to him, throws his hand. You know what he says? He said, Jesus, thou son of the most high God. He even has a revelation, Brother McGee, of who he's worshiping. He's not worshiping one in the Godhead. He's worshiping God Almighty. Robed himself, came down in flesh to redeem and save his people. Friend, may I tell you that you need to worship right now in the Dungate. Start where you're at. You say, my life is full of, of all kinds of havoc. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. Worshiping where you're at. Start right now.
Start where you're at. God, God will take care of you. God will make a, God will make a difference. I do believe it was Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus sitting by the wayside, hears that Jesus is coming by. What does he say? He didn't just say Jesus. Jesus. You see, when you say Jesus, thou son of David, you're connecting Bible prophecy. Oh, I thought I wasn't going there. Bible prophecy and, and revelation of who Jesus was. Because it's been told that he would come through the lineage of David. So blind Bartimaeus isn't just saying, Jesus, Jesus. No, he says, Jesus, thou son of David. In other words, he realized who Jesus was. He had a revelation of who was coming by. And he just wanted an opportunity. He was worshiping him. And because of his worship, Jesus stops and says, bring him to me. And he gets his healing. Could I preach to you this morning? If you'd get off your problems and get off your situation and start worshiping the Lord, that maybe while you're worshiping the Lord, He'll give you fresh sight. He'll heal your body. He'll fix your family. He'll give you a job. He'll touch your finances. Why? Because I'm going to worship at the dung gate. Stand with me this morning. Well, I hope I'm helping somebody. Paul. Paul was... Talking in the New Testament, and Paul began to list this long list of sins. Fornicators, adulterers, I think effeminate, all kinds of stuff. He listed this long, long list. Isn't it funny? Pastor McGee, when we preach about sin, isn't it funny how people that aren't committing that sin, amen, real loud? It's almost like sickle. And then you start preaching about something else that they're doing, and they shut up. And the people that were doing the other sin start amen real loud because, get them back, God, get them back. Paul lists this long list. But then Paul made the most, Paul made, Paul made the best statement I think he could have ever made. And such were some of you. Now everybody shut up. Everybody shut up. You know why? Because we all know what we were. We all know. We know what God's done for me. Please don't raise your hands, but think this morning. Some of us in this place, we, we didn't think we were savable. We didn't think we deserved mercy. We didn't think we deserved grace. But his amazing grace, his blood atones. If you've not repented of your sins this morning, you need to repent of your sins. If you've not been baptized, buried in Jesus' name, you need to have your sins remitted. The only way to do that is in the name of Jesus. If you've not received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. You see, repentance gives you a release of, of your sin. Baptism washes it away. No, it doesn't wash your sins away, but the name's applied to you. You take on his name. And he doesn't leave you there. Because he knows you can't stay that way without his spirit inside of you. That's as simple as it can get. Young people, 
you, you may have read this. You guys may have read this also. Somebody made a post the other day and said, the difference between sinner kids and church kids is that church kids make their mistakes in the church. Wonderful group of young people over here. Amen. Wonderful. Yeah. And with that being said, boys and girls, you're going to do some stupid stuff. You, you've already done it, I think. But, but sis... Jesus' name. I, I, I command mommy and daddy right out of you. But sis, brothers, when you mess up, when you fail, don't leave the church. Don't let the devil tell you. Don't let snarly noses sitting back here run you off. You've got a pastor right there and other ministry in here that love you. Brother McGee, we love them even sometimes when they're standing at the dung gate. You've messed up. I was talking to Brother Mason last night. He took me to supper. This isn't original either. I was listening to Evangelist Brother Mark Morgan the other day on, a, on, on YouTube. and Brother Morgan said something. It really it just, it just rattled me. He said, the Lord sometimes even allows for your mistakes in his plan. Because, because Elder McGee, he said, Peter, you'll deny me three times. He prophesied ahead. You haven't failed yet, Peter, but you're going to fail me three. But you're going to preach the greatest message on Pentecost. Let me, let me close with this. Let me close. You're doing all right. You all right? Let me close with this. David is the most loved Bible character in the scriptures. How many like David? You wouldn't let David on your platform. David couldn't preach in this church. David couldn't sing in my church. Matter of fact, David probably wouldn't even take the offering to my church. Well, brother, what's wrong with David? Well, he's an adulterer and a murderer. Let somebody do that today. <laughs> Boy, it got real quiet. But I love David. That one song you sung today was primarily David's song. We sing about him. I'm going to dance like David, sing like David, pray like. We, we stop short of what the other stuff David did, don't we? Want to sin like David? Well, that would go over well. What are you saying, Brother Kofi? I know what the Bible says, and I believe the Bible, and I know, I know structure. And, but what I'm trying to get at is sometimes even after you know the Lord, you get some trash on you. And thank God for grace. I wonder right now if we just extend our hands toward heaven. Come on, I wonder right now if we just begin to call. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, or you don't know Him in a greater, uh, you want to know Him in a greater capacity, won't you lift your hands with us? Oh, God, we need you today. 
God, we need you. Come on, somebody. We need you today. God, baptize these young people again with the Holy Ghost. God, touch these moms and dads today again. Lord, for somebody here that doesn't have the Holy Ghost, God, fill them with the Holy Ghost as they worship you. God, for somebody here that's not repentant, God, draw them, God, draw them, God. If they haven't been baptized, God, draw them. Give them a revelation of who you are. Come on today, would we just begin to step out of our seats? Can we? Come on, would you come with us? Oh, would we just begin to come to the front of this church? What are you doing? I'm going to worship at the Dungate. Oh, I may have done something this week. I'm, I'm just going to worship at the Dungate. I'm going to start right here in the midst of all my garbage. I'm going to start right here in the middle of my refuge. Come on, somebody. Come on, now, now that you're down here, why don't you lift your hands, close your eyes, bow your head, whatever it takes. Come on, somebody. If you want the Lord... He said, if you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.